0: So, when I actually walked out to the stadium, it was the first time I'd been in the Olympic Stadium. And Mm. I remember walking out, we had our masks on, and it was, you know, there was a black curtain, and the curtain opened, and we walked out into the stadium. And I just had shivers because the stadium was so big and it was so bright, but it was so empty. There was no one in it, you know, and they were all like, Yeah it was pretty strange and yeah. like as a runner we're not used to having massive crowds like a football yeah. stadium so yeah. it's not you know racing in a crowd mm. not what necessarily you know gets you around the track mm. but just that moment of walking out into this massive stadium and almost feeling that kind of sense of loss that there yeah. was no one in the crowd and then just you know all you could hear was click 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 you know cameras, cameras. it was just crazy
1: Hey guys, welcome to The Happy Way Podcast, your go-to place for all things fun, happiness, well-being, growth, trust, and diversity. I am your host, Melissa Fidelli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthier self and live life the happy way. On today's episode of the Happy Way podcast, our special guest is an Olympian runner, Isabel Bat doyle She represented Australia and competed in the Women's Athletics 5K at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Izzy is a vegan athlete and nourished herself for the Olympics with plants, which is pretty awesome. Today, she is here to share her story and give us some tips on how to properly fuel your body as an athlete, how to become a strong runner and why you should should. always follow your dreams. So welcome, Izzy. Thank you for coming on the Happy Way Podcast. Thanks, Melissa. It's great to be here. Of course. Thank you. So we have to know all about your journey to becoming an Olympian. When did this start for you? And when did you know that athletics was something
0: that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, look, it's been quite a few years in the making. Yeah. I started running when I was about eight or nine years old. Oh, wow. Had an older sister. She was pretty athletic um, yep. and I followed her out to athletics okay. here in Adelaide. And yeah, just like any younger sister does, you know, follows mm. what, what their older sister does. Yep. And yeah, I loved it. I did everything, shot, put, long jump. Um, but I just loved the running events and mm-hmm. the longer the distance went, the more comfortable I felt and the better I was. So yeah. I guess I naturally progressed doing that. And I remember when I was nine years old, I ran the City today, the Bay, the 6K event, Yeah. Um, with my stepdad and we actually held hands the whole way and then Aww. crossed the line together and got a photo in the paper and it was all very fun and that oh, was kind beautiful. of yeah the first kind of memories I have of my yeah. my running career but I think back then no one would have thought that I'd ever be an like. Olympian you know 15 or 16 years later wow. um here we are now um wow. but it's yeah been a pretty amazing journey but yeah started running when I was quite young and just really progressed but I wasn't a great runner when I was younger like I okay. just enjoyed it but mm. I made my first date team when I was uh, 10 years old yep. and got to go to Hobart and run at the national cross country championships yeah. but I look back at the results just recently and I came 19th out of 29 girls so you know okay. I wasn't some young prodigy winning yeah. races I was just happy to be there and yeah. I think one of the reasons why I've had a long career in the sport is because it's really been focused on just enjoying mm-hmm. it and having fun I wasn't super competitive when I was younger I just wanted to make the teams you know yeah. get to go on trips make yeah. new friends get a new tracksuit have some yeah. fun and then I guess I became more competitive as I was a bit older so okay. um, I was lucky enough to running. Yeah, I did improve as I was a teenager and I was actually offered a scholarship to go to America when I was 18 and have like a dual athletic scholarship, live in America, get my degree paid for um, and run for university over there. So that was kind of the the start of my real running career, I guess, in a sense. And how
1: was that experience being over
0: there? Yeah, it was amazing. So I moved over to New York City when I was 18 years old, which was incredible, but it was just very tough to leave my family behind and, you know, my friends and everything back here in Adelaide being, you know, very comfortable and happy here. But I kind of knew even at that age that I wanted to have an extraordinary life. And I think I had that sense within me that this was an opportunity that I was presented with that I really couldn't Give up. Yeah. So I decided to pursue that dream, move to New York and give it a go. Wow. I loved it. New York was incredible. Unfortunately, oh. the college I went to wasn't yeah. super competitive okay. in a running sense. So yeah. I realized that I actually was a big fish in a small pond, mm. and that's essentially what Adelaide had been for me. So oh. I actually transferred to another university, um, the University of Washington in Seattle, other side of the country, oh. and was challenged a lot more. And that was a very okay. challenging experience, but it you know, shaped me into the person I am today, and yeah, wow. I'm very grateful for that. So, yeah. Do you think that experience really developed you as a runner? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just don't think I would have had the same opportunities here in Adelaide, mm-hmm. in Australia. The okay. kind of money that goes into sports in America is just next level. Um, yeah. You know, we're really treated like professional athletes, even yeah. at that college level. Yeah. Um, you know, the coaches are on massive salaries. Wow. There's, you know, nutritionists, um, yeah. you know, weight coaches. Um, there's just so many things given to you there. You know, wow. all the sugar. Sh- and gear and all the facilities are incredible but yeah it was a challenging time we actually had a coach who was a little bit questionable in his the way he did things and um, it was a pretty toxic eating disorder culture on the team there which I struggled with um, as my sister had actually had an eating disorder when she was younger and that's why she had given up sport Um, so it was a challenging few years and I developed quite a few injuries through that time probably just from the stress that I was under not only physically but mentally.
1: Wow yeah. What, an, what a yeah. cool experience! <laughs> it was amazing, so, though. Yeah, because yeah. like you said, you know, you were just you were young and you just enjoyed it. You yeah. loved it, and then. You took it a little bit more seriously, and yeah, yeah then things kind of happened, exactly. which is great. Yeah. So, how do you get selected for the Olympics? What is that process like, and how was it? How was that experience
0: for you? Yeah, so it's a pretty complicated one, and I yeah. guess for me, it goes back to the fact that I moved back to Australia in 2019 mm-hmm. after being in the States, and you know, the Olympics weren't really on my radar. Yeah, I think every young athlete's dream is to be an Olympian. It surely yeah. was mine, even when I was, you mm-hmm. know, 13, 14 yeah. years old. But it wasn't really a realistic goal and in 2020 I actually had two broken feet so I was recovering from an injury oh, wow. and I was you know hobbling around I was not running anywhere so if the games had gone ahead in 2020 I wouldn't have been on the team so really oh. it's a silver lining for me that they were postponed yeah because wow. it gave me the opportunity to get healthy and just get kind of back into the routine yeah but in terms of qualifying for the Olympics essentially the system is you have to be top three in your country mm-hmm. and run the automatic qualifying time okay. um, and there's this other system where you might be able to get in on points if you don't make the time mm-hmm. but that's not kind of uh, guaranteed so yeah, okay. essentially last year in December my personal best was 1541 for the 5k which wow. sounds pretty good but the qualifying time was 1510 so I okay. was a well well off 30 seconds from qualifying so yeah. it wasn't super realistic but you know I was having a crack yeah I improved my time I broke the state mm-hmm. record last year in December wow. and that was really exciting for me to do that home at a home meet in Adelaide. And it got to March and I actually ran out of my skin in a race in Melbourne and I ran 15-11. So I was one second off qualifying. Yeah, and there are photos of me from the race and I'm kind of like hands in the air, like wide mouth, couldn't believe that I'd come, you know, so close to qualifying. Um, but that really made me realise that I could do it and I yeah. was capable. But the tricky thing there was that the races were drying up in Adelaide, in-, in Australia Sorry. Yeah. and I had to either sit at home and hope that I might scratch in on points to okay. the Olympics because yeah. I did have, I think, the second fastest time in Australia. In- out of Australian women, yeah, yeah. but I wasn't necessarily going to qualify, okay. or I had to get on a plane to Europe and actually go and get an, you know, try and chase an automatic qualifying time. So uh, three weeks later, you know, got a travel exemption, packed up my bags and took a really big risk. Luckily, I had a very supportive family and uh, network around me. Mm -hmm. And I went to Europe knowing that I wouldn't be able to come home for at least three months because of, you know, just all the travel um, regulations. And if I didn't make the Olympics, it was going to be a hefty bill for me to have to pay to get home and do quarantine and all that jazz. So, yeah, yeah, one week into my trip in the Netherlands, I actually um, qualified. I ran 1504. Oh, my goodness. um, Yeah, six seconds under the qualifying. Time and I won my race, and yeah, that was incredible. Amazing. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. a massive career highlight for me crossing that tape and just knowing wow. that I'd um, secured my spot in Tokyo. Yeah. and I had to wait a month to be officially selected, it's okay. kind of one of those processes, yep. they don't yep. officially select the team until July, so it's okay. It's pretty, you know, and then the race was only a month later, so it's kind of comes pretty late, but I knew um, I was going, so I could kind of celebrate <gasps> in that oh my moment. Oh, goodness! Yeah. So, did
1: you still have to stay there for three yeah. months? Yeah, oh, so goodness. and then you had to quarantine when you got back, yeah, oh, but yeah. you would
0: have gone on such a high yeah after that well, once yeah. i qualified i could really enjoy the preparation um yep. and so i was lucky enough uh, during this trip from may until hmm. august i went to um, the netherlands uh, italy switzerland wow. finland the uk Amazing. and then japan obviously so i had a great trip it was so fun okay. getting to travel so did
1: you not come home before the olympics no, oh no, you went, yeah, straight there. went straight there so wow. yeah oh Incredible.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Good job. But that's pretty cool to yeah. be able to travel in a
0: COVID I mean, era. Yeah. I think we were like the only tourists in most of the countries. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: pretty so, crazy. Yeah, that's incredible. Well <laughs> done. That's all your hard work paying off. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so in terms of training, how do you actually prepare for the Olympics? And aside from the physical aspect, how do you mentally prepare for such a significant event? What were some of the things going through your head during this time? Because I'm sure it was
0: you know there would have been a lot of things
1: going on that's a
0: great question actually yeah I think yeah that look the physical preparation is you know years and years of running I've been running for 15 years more than but uh you know my average training Mm. week in preparation for the Olympics is running up to 160 kilometers a week um spread across running um every day some days twice a day you know two gym sessions a week lots of sleeping good nutrition all that stuff and but yeah it's just a lot of running and hard work Mm. but definitely the mental preparation is important too and actually it's one of the Things I probably didn't um, didn't nail for the Olympics mm. because I'd been used to winning races or you know being at the front of the pack and yeah. feeling like quite in control. Whereas mm. you know I, I got to the Olympics and it was a pretty you know chaotic Olympics um, yeah. just with everything going on. Yeah. We're actually only in the village for six days, so it was kind of oh, like wow. in out in race get out. Um, wow. okay. But so when I actually walked out to the stadium, yeah. it was the first time I'd been in the Olympic stadium, and mm. I remember walking out. We had our masks on and it was you know there was a black curtain and the, the curtain opened and we. Walked out into the stadium and I just had shivers because the stadium was so big and it was so bright, but it was so empty. There was no one in it, you know, and they were all like, Yeah it was pretty strange yeah. and like as a runner we're not used to having massive crowds like a football yeah. stadium so yeah. it's not you know racing in a crowd's mm. not what necessarily you know gets you around the track mm. but just that moment of walking out into this massive stadium and almost feeling that kind of sense of loss that there yeah. was no one in the crowd and then just you know all you could hear was click 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 you know cameras, cameras. um it was just crazy and you know mentally wow. there I, I kind of it kind of hit me that I was at the Olympics you know yeah. holy like what is happening wow. but I just had to kind of stay calm and I'm very lucky that I did my undergraduate degree in psychology and I did my honors thesis on mindfulness so mindfulness is something that I've always tried to bring into everything Mm. that I do and it's not that I sit down and I I necessarily meditate each day but I just try and you know bring that mindful presence into everything Mm. I do so Mm. you know in a moment moment like that when it's quite overwhelming and you know anxiety is building and you're feeling a lot of pressure it's just kind of like trying to just take it in and take a deep breath and be like wow like I'm here Mm. I'm so grateful you know I thought about all the times that I was injured in the past and wasn't running and just thought, you know, how proud would I have been looking back then to know that. I'd made this it to the Olympics yeah. yeah and just realizing like when I saw my picture on the screen on the camera just yeah. knowing that my family are at home looking at that image yeah. and knowing how proud of me that they would be yeah. so it's just I think having that like gratitude mindset mm. is so important in everything yeah. you do and like the race itself was incredibly hard it was 30 yeah. degrees and 98% wow. humidity and it was just oppressive conditions and wow. I, I really wanted to run a PV and I didn't a personal best. Yeah. I went in ranked 28th and I came 28th yeah. so I pretty and much I ran to yeah. form yeah. but you know it was disappointing, I was because Wanted to do better than that but okay. you know it's all a learning experience and at the end of the day I was just so grateful to be there and I think mm. in times of you know pressure and challenge it's mm. just about being grateful and actually a quote I, I heard recently from a, another olympian an olympic champion actually in triathlon yeah. was that pressure is a privilege and mm. I really like that because you know he kind of explained that you know you've earned that pressure so yeah. if you can frame it in a positive way and yeah. let it give you confidence then the pressure actually is something that you can you know yeah make a positive thing rather than yeah. feeling that pressure really cripple you
1: yeah. yeah yeah incredible wow that would have been such a surreal moment it was yeah stepping out <laughs> and ru- even just running the race I know. like what goes through your head when you're
0: running like in a race like yeah. that in a race like that I think I was like I was almost kind of just like like blank because it was just so so crazy and you kind of have to for me I had to kind of you know take a deep breath because I was running against you know world champions olympic champions Mm -hmm. you know world record holders you know women african women who've run a minute faster than me and you kind of have to check yourself a little bit you know the the british record holder was in the race like you know just people that you kind of look up to and go oh my gosh oh my god I'm I'm here with with you But that's one thing I really had to, at the Olympics, I had to kind of remind myself, hey, I'm good enough to be here. Absolutely. And you have to, you know, give yourself that credit that you've earned a spot on the track too. Yeah. Um, you yeah. can't get too overwhelmed by being around these incredible people. Yeah. It's a funny yeah. thing, you know, being an Olympian, because I think yeah. when I was younger, I'd think of Olympians like these superhumans, yeah. you know, yeah. they're like untouchable. And yeah. then, you know, you become an Olympian and you realize, yeah. hey, I'm just a normal person yeah. with like, you know, like has anxious moments and yeah. all sorts yeah. of normal things things so definitely not all superhumans that's for sure. (laughs) Wow
1: incredible well done. Thank you. Yeah what a great story. (laughs) So aside from the actual race itself how was your whole Olympic experience you know being in the village and being around all these Olympians and you know training all of it how was the whole experience
0: for you? It was pretty incredible just like hats off to Japan because they did such a great job of actually putting everything on and it was sad because you know so much went into it and Mm. like there was no spectators there to see it and really enjoy it and you know all the intricacies of of everything they did to make it amazing but it was pretty incredible like I think one of the highlights was going to the food hall the dining hall so um the village itself was incredible and you know pretty much all we could do was be in the village or Mm. um you know take the bus to the track you couldn't really see Tokyo or do anything else I didn't get to go and see other events or really mingle with a lot of people yeah in the actual village going to the dining hall was just crazy so you walk in you put your gloves on you know Know, you've got your mask on obviously we you sanitize yeah. your hands first put the gloves on yeah get your tray and cutlery and then you go around to all this incredible food like the it was as big as I don't even know just warehouses on warehouses wow. it was so big oh my and just gosh. thousands of people in there eating wow. um and I guess I love people watching yeah. so like you kind of sit there and eat your dinner and like yeah. look around and guess what people sports you know based on yeah. you know what they're wearing or yeah. that you know how tall they are yeah. yeah that was just pretty fun and just hearing the other languages and everyone chatting is pretty cool oh but oh my goodness
1: yes. how incredible so as i said in the intro you are a vegan and you follow a part plant-based diet. How do you nourish your body as an athlete? And when did you kind of make that transition to becoming, you know, a vegan and and adopting that lifestyle?
0: Yeah. So since I was younger, I -hmm. had always been someone, a child that didn't like a lot to eat a lot of meat. I liked fish and I just didn't eat a lot of red meat as as a young child. So I think it was when I was 11 or 12, my sister, again, following in her footsteps, (laughs) um, she decided to go vegetarian. So I decided to go vegetarian. Um, So I went vegetarian (laughs) for a year or two and then I kind of transitioned back to eating, you know, what's considered a normal diet, you know, on and off through my teens. I was pescatarian for a while and then, you know, vegetarian. And I tried to go vegan for a week when I was 17. And Mm -hmm. my coach at the time was kind of like, you can't be vegan and be an athlete. Like, what do you mean? And so I was like, oh okay like and then we went back to eating fish and some some meat but when I moved to America at 18 Mm -hmm. my first topic I did in uni was I did a project on the meat and dairy industry Mm -hmm. in America and it just like I was like no thank you (laughs) no thank you don't want to take part in this I think I will just uh Mm -hmm. go vegan so having that like um I guess independence to be able to do what I wanted to because I was living on my own and Mm -hmm. you know in a new place was pretty cool but it had its challenges to start with and I don't think I was necessarily you know getting all the nutritional in those first few months or yeah. even first few years. Yeah. But now having been vegan for almost, I think over 7 years now. Wow. Yeah, over 7 years yeah. um, in November just gone. Uh I guess I know what I need to have now. yeah And I guess for me it's pretty simple really. I try and tell people like sometimes we get marketed, you know, like mm. you know we need all these incredible things into yeah. our diet, but yeah. you know just keeping it simple um, yeah, is the best thing to do yeah. and for me, you know, it's just eating, you know, a whole foods plant-based diet. Mm. You know, most of what I'm eating's just fruit veggies you know grains and and that kind of stuff it's nothing too crazy
1: yeah great so we're gonna bust some myths now and these are all questions that I am sure you get (laughs) so much of all the time so we'll clear things up a bit I'll say the statement and then you can respond with your personal experience so the first one number one statement you cannot get enough protein by not eating meat
0: Yes, absolutely not true. (laughs) I think I get plenty of protein. So for a while, I actually used like a kind of a tracker just to make sure I was getting the right breakup of macros Mm. that I needed in my diet. Mm -hmm. I don't anymore because I just know what I need to eat. But, you know, as a vegan athlete, as a Mm. vegan person, you can definitely meet those requirements. So for Mm. me, I have protein powder, you know, in a shake after every session that I do. Mm -hmm. So pretty much every day I'll have protein, which will give me roughly 20 grams of protein. And then, you know, I might have a cup of oats for breakfast or some in the day that's going to give me another mm-hmm. eight to ten grams of protein um, and then for dinner I'll always have something that's either tofu or beans yeah so I'm you know getting quite a big amount of protein in that yeah. meal um, probably upwards of 30 30 or yeah. 40 grams of protein there so I think you know for the size that I am I think I need about 100 grams of protein yeah. so I feel like I definitely meet those requirements most days mm-hmm. just if I'm making sure I get that you know protein shake yeah. in and a meal that's got you know something based around tofu mm. or beans for me yeah. you know I really like tofu and beans i don't like those um mock meats as much just doesn't it's not what i crave yeah Um, but there are so many options out there now you know the impossible meat patties you know you can you can Mm. make really yummy um you know patties yourself out yeah. of beans and veggies you know Absolutely. grains like quinoa has like protein in yeah. it so oh, um, nine essential yeah. amino acids Setan, so there's, so, it. there's so yeah. many things you know yeah. I opt for tofu and beans because I like that but yeah. you know it's there's so many options and I tell people too they mm-hmm. say oh tofu you know yeah. it's not really it doesn't really do it for me I'm like yeah. does a raw chicken breast do it for you because yeah. essentially that's what tofu is when it's cold and wet and exactly. like out of the fridge you gotta cook it but you gotta season <laughs> it you gotta spice it you gotta you know put some marinade yeah. on it mm-hmm. like you just gotta treat it like you would any other meat. Yeah, and cook it because if you just go and eat, you know, just plain tofu, it's not going to be tasty. No, it's all about how you cook it and what you do with it. Absolutely.
1: So the next one is you can't gain muscle and high energy
0: levels by only eating plants. (laughs) Again, not true. Yeah, (laughs) I think I touched on that a little bit in the previous question, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah, it's all about. It's just it's about you know what you put into your body. Mm. So if you're just eating, you know, I don't know, purely frozen pizzas and 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 like Like mac and cheese yeah Um, say, yeah Yeah. like out of a box um then you're not going to meet those requirements but if you're getting the right foods in it's Mm. very easy to do it on a you know on a plant-based diet but it is important um you know just to make sure um you know you know what you need to get in and you're planning your meals so that you do get those requirements in absolutely yeah and the third one and energy levels oh, yeah yes. energy levels for sure Yeah of course I think I'm I like bounce out of bed in the morning Really wow <laughs> um, whereas I feel like when I used to eat just personally for me yeah. when I used to eat like a more of a normal diet for me, I felt more lethargic and I felt like, you know, it took longer for my meals to process in my body. Yeah, And it felt for me personally, just like running so much, I couldn't bounce Mm. back as quickly to go out for another run. But now, you know, everything I eat, I feel like my body, you know, processes it quickly, you know, gets the energy ready to go and I'm able to actually use it. I don't feel as lethargic and heavy after meals as I might've once used to. So I think for me, the energy levels are are really high, but I do take a B12 supplement as well. Yeah. yeah, Just to make sure. meeting those requirements of yeah
1: great I was gonna ask yeah. you what was the difference between when you you know ate yeah. meat and then you didn't so yeah you just such a long that, time ago but I can I just know. remember like yeah that's some, some things like that yep and the third one you are more prone to
0: injuries when you don't eat meat yeah that's a tough one and I battled mm. with that you know that that myth um, yeah. during my college experience because yeah. I had nutritionists and even doctors saying like you know you're mm. vegan this is why you're getting injured and okay. deep down like I knew that was not the case and it was true the, the reason I had so many injuries was because more of a load management you know it's just running too much I wasn't wearing the right footwear I needed Mm -hmm. orthotics yeah there were just a few things going on you know I need to work out my menstrual cycle and my sleep a few things like that but I just feel like it is a myth and it's Mm -hmm. I don't think it's true but it is you know you can be healthy on a normal diet and you can be healthy on a plant-based diet yeah. you can be unhealthy on a plant-based diet and you can be unhealthy on a you know normal diet Absolutely. so it's, it's just about trying to find that you know healthy yeah. balance but and what
1: works for your body yeah. yeah
0: but a lot of the time people would say to me oh you know, you need to drink milk and you won't get these stress fractures oh. but I actually had a dexter scan which yeah. is like a full body bone scan yeah had a couple of them and my levels were all really high yeah. so my diet was was fine I have suffered from low iron pretty much my whole life yeah. even when I was eating meat so we have to just kind of work with our yeah. genetics exactly. and like I know that I'm going to opt on the low iron side so I need take iron supplements, whether I'm I'm eating me or not. And yeah, I mean, I take, I have, you know, almond milk that's fortified with calcium Mm. and and B12 Mm. and, and try and get those, you know, things up. But yeah, I don't think it was, is a reason to to get injured. I think I'm actually less likely to get injured because my body's able to recover more quickly with the diet that I eat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Well, we've busted those (laughs) myths, which is good. I'm like, I've got to ask (laughs) these questions because I'm sure people would ask you all the time. I've noticed as the years have gone
0: on, you know, I was... I was- had a lot of pushback in the first few years back in 2014 2013 when I was first you know looking into that vegan lifestyle but now you know in 2020 2021, Mm. people are more accepting and I think there's a lot more role models out there who are thriving on a plant-based diet showing people that it is possible and it's not it's not going to hindrance your performance yeah Yeah,
1: absolutely not well so what are your favorite plant-based foods to have before and after an an intense training session yeah
0: so my diet's pretty simple Um, yeah pretty much every morning I have two pieces of sourdough mm-hmm. toast um, yeah. with peanut butter and banana and cinnamon on top Yum. Um, with some coffee <laughs> yeah. and then pretty much straight after I finish my run I'll have protein powder with um, almond milk yeah. and whether that's just on its own or I'll chuck that into a smoothie bowl in yeah. summer and have some granola on top um, yeah. that's kind of my favorite way you know you know in summer to, f- mm. to finish a run is to have a big smoothie bowl yeah. um, with protein powder and lots of yummy fruit on top and, and granola but yeah I do eat like a lot of toast but I, d- I opt for a, you know yeah. high quality sourdough bread when I can right. a bit yeah. of a bread snob <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> um, <laughs> I get it <laughs> yeah so and I, I kind of I don't have a, a whole amount of gluten in my diet because I yeah. for a while i, I found that um, upset my tummy a bit mm. but yeah I found that sourdough bread it's is yep. fine for me before a run but that's pretty much what I usually have otherwise yep. it's oatmeal peanut butter banana yum. pretty simple stuff oh yeah. delicious
1: stuff yum oh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so you're also a running coach at run as one coaching and you run group sessions for anyone listening can you give us some tips on how to become a strong runner and what are the do's and don'ts
0: yeah that is such a good question so i think i would start off with saying you know if you're new to running a lot of people have gotten into running in the last last year and a half especially when gym yes. closed you know covid Me included. yeah <laughs> and how good's running getting out in the sunshine so you know you don't I have to it. you don't have to have anything but a pair of shoes mm-hmm. and, you know maybe maybe your earphones if you're running yep. on your own and yep. i would just say you know it's all about making small incremental Mm. progress. So try not to do too much too quickly. I see that a lot Mm. with new runners is they get really into it. And it's so great, the enthusiasm that they have, but they do too much too quickly. And then that might lead to either injury or just burnout, just doing too much. And then you your body either says no Mm. thanks and you know you tweak your calf or you hurt your hamstring or you know you mentally kind of burn out because you've done too much you know too quickly yeah so one thing is just making sure you're just making small jumps you know you're not jumping up in mileage really Mm. quickly if you ran 5k's yesterday it doesn't mean you have to run 6k's the next day you know just consistency and enjoying it is Mm. the most important thing you know I would always say get a coach Mm. definitely helps to have that accountability I know for me if I didn't have someone who was kind of helping me set what I was doing I would just probably go off the rails and do too much one day yeah. and not enough the other day and yeah. um, be jumping all over the place so mm-hmm. having someone um, who kind of knows what they're doing and is able yeah. to um, point you in the right direction and also help you meet your goals yeah. um, I think is really rewarding um, and very helpful depending on what your goals are and what level you're at you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of resources out there whether it's just following a basic plan or actually yeah. working with yeah. someone one-on-one one on, mm-hmm. one on one. Mm-hmm. also just running with a running buddy or a group is so fun I find a lot of people think that they like running on their own and sometimes it, it's lovely to run on your own I enjoy a they run from time to time clear the mind you know yeah. connect with with the world but it's so nice to run with friends mm. and you kind of have that accountability like yes, you know absolutely. if you're getting up at six in the morning to run your own you hear yeah. the alarm go you might just turn it off and roll yeah. over but if your friend's meeting you yeah. you know at you know at the lake mm. or somewhere you know you, you're gonna get up and you're gonna yeah. meet them and you're gonna get it done and have a smile yeah. on your face afterwards so. I feel like
1: when I've when I have run um I definitely run further and I run faster when I'm running with someone else because... Like you said, it's yep. accountability. You've and got someone fun. there. You know, you want to keep up with them yeah. and you want to be like, I can do this. Yeah. Whereas when I'm on my own, I'm kind
0: of you like, I can stop now. Ah, <laughs> stop. Yeah. <I'm> a <laughs> down, and stop. a lot of people <laughs> um, in, in our group runners fund fun do say that yeah. they're like, yeah. you know, I can't believe like I'm, I'm, you know, running so much faster and yeah. more than I ever have. And I think it's kind of those breaking down those, yeah. that mindset of being like, I can do it, yeah. um, you know, cause you're chasing people in front of you. Exactly. You've got people around you. So. Before we finish up, I need to know, are you going to go for the Olympics again? Yes, great oh, question. Yeah, are. So I'm only 26 and I feel like yep. I'm pretty young, especially in kind of the events I do, the 5K. I would say the age is more like around 30 Okay. Um, for that wow. kind of peak yep. age. So I'm pretty young. I was 25 at the Olympics and 20, yep. 10, 26 afterwards. Yep. I'll be going for Paris and wow. I'm actually all the way looking towards Brisbane 2032. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah, Good so <laughs> yeah, I hoped um, to do the marathon in the next few years. Okay. So at the moment I'm doing 5K, 10K. I'm doing my first half marathon at the Melbourne Marathon Festival festival in two weeks time which I'm really excited about yeah and then yeah I'll look towards doing a marathon you know in the next few years not sure when okay Um, and so I can imagine myself in Brisbane 2032 running the marathon at 36 years old amazing Um, so and that's pretty young still for like women's marathon running people you know might be surprised you know to know that it's more like in your mid-30s for Mm. marathon running that you kind of hit that prime time yeah so I've got a long career ahead if I can stay healthy and keep enjoying it which you know I just love running So I do do believe that I will get there if I can just um, stay healthy and keep enjoying it.
1: Oh, good on you. Well, we can't (laughs) wait to watch you on your journey. It's incredible. So where can everyone find more of you so they can follow you? And yeah, if someone wants to check out your coaching programs as well,
0: where can they go? Yeah, so I am Izzy Bat Doyle on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It's just I-Z-Z-I-B-A-T-T-D-O-Y-L-E. But yeah, Runners One um, is my coaching business. I started kind of by accident, actually, Mm in 2020. So it was just my mum and my partner's boss yep. who we were like helping out with their running during COVID yep. and it grew to 10 people and then we thought oh now we're 20, we've got to put a name onto it. Yeah. So I chose runners one because for me I really want to make running inclusive to everyone. And in the group now we have people, you know we have guys running really fast, you know, sub fifteen yeah. minutes for 5K yep. and we've got ladies running, you know, running park run in 35, 40 minutes. So wow. there's a massive range of abilities and yeah. it's a place, a safe space for everyone to come together. Mm. And even if they're walk running, you know, there's a place for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, so we kind Beautiful. of we started that last year and in the last year and a half have now you know got over 200 lovely people in our community so yeah it's an amazing community and I have to say it's made my running so much more enjoyable yeah. because I feel like I've got this incredible community of people who support me yeah. I support them they inspire me I inspire them and Beautiful. it's just so super rewarding because to be honest elite sport and running itself can feel mm. quite selfish at times yeah. so I really found that I've I found a way for it to be you know much more rewarding yeah. by having that community so Beautiful. yeah we're on Instagram it's run as one coaching on Instagram and also www.runasone.com.au mm-hmm. and while we are focused around the group training here in Adelaide at Victoria Park tuesday and friday mornings at six thirty. i also do online coaching so i work with lots of runners you know i've got a couple of runners yeah. here in australia and a couple over in, in new zealand too that i work with and it's really rewarding for me to feel like i'm having an impact on yeah. other people's running career
1: amazing well we will put all of that in the show notes so people can find you easily but thank you so much for sharing your whole experience and your whole journey with us as well as kind of shedding some light on being a vegan athlete because yeah it's amazing what you're doing and how you're nourishing your body and yeah Incredible. I Thanks can't wait so to much. see you at the yeah. next Olympics. Hopefully. Yeah,
0: of course. Fingers crossed. I'll be working hard for it. <laughs>
1: Good on you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Melissa. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to share us on your socials. Sending lots of love to you all. Bye.